The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, February 3rd, 2023, season 18, episode number 114. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. We're presented by Miller Lite. The only beer of the Dallas Cowboys, and we appreciate you guys being patient with us this week. Uh, we're doing our show on a Friday afternoon that was supposed to be on Tuesday, but then it was supposed to be on Wednesday, but never really quite happened, and we just ended up on Friday. So thank you guys for being patient with us. Got Nick back in town. We got Amber up here through all the ice. I'm here. Uh, Brian did not make it, uh, so he won't be joining us today, but we've, we'll try to make it work this week. And back next week, we'll be back. On our schedule, I guess not even back, but we will be starting our off-season schedule. Our normal time will be every Wednesday at 11, 11 or 10? 11. I think it's 11. 10. Every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time, you guys will be able to hear us, and uh, we'll give you the latest news and our opinions on it. So, how's everybody doing? Let's be clear on uh Brian, because Brian has something going on with the, like, the fan at World 5-3, because <laughs> yeah, it's not like he couldn't make it, because... Brian thrives on moments like that. Like it's yeah. like icy and all that. He's like, Oh, I'm I'm coming. I'm yeah. I'm gonna be here. I'll so. be the first one there. Yeah. I'm the only so, one there. It's not like he couldn't make it because of <laughs> yeah. weather. Yeah. He 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 had you know He's doing radio all day long. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I noticed on one oh five dot three the fan, you know, they do the the camera where you can see the, the all the hosts talking. And uh Brian's show I saw this week. Brian was only one in the studio on camera. Everybody else was at their home, but that's of Brian. Course. Like Brian yeah. is not. He's Even like the worst. The pandemic, yes, the worst the, the conditions. <laughs> Brian's like, I'm gonna figure out a way to be there. Feet because, of strength. Yeah, exactly. So that's just yeah. that's what he does. But yeah, he, he. I think he lost a bet on air, and mm-hmm. as a result of losing the bet, he has to do every show all day today. So I think he got on this morning, and he'll be on until like nine o'clock tonight. So, good luck, Brian. Have what fun with that. That's a lot of talking. Yeah. If anybody can do it, Brian can do it, though. So, mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's jump in. There was a lot of news that's happened throughout this week, so it's a good time for us to do a show on a Friday because there's so much we can talk about. But I want to start, obviously, with what I think is the biggest piece of news, which was <laughs> Cowboys mutually agree with Kellen Moore uh, to move on. And in the meantime, after that, Kellen Moore is already a new offensive coordinator with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Steven talked about it this week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, and he mentioned that there's still a part of it that doesn't. He, he was talking about that with regards to Mike McCarthy and how that all works from the head coach to the offensive coordinator. He says there's still part of that that doesn't totally jive with what McCarthy wants uh, out of the offense. Um, what did you guys take from that? Well, I mean, I, I I think Steven was just trying to point out that, you know, everybody everybody still respects Kellen and all that. But at the end of the day, you know, there's there's just differences of opinion, and and I, it's one of those things that when you hear it, it's not that big a deal. When you put it out yeah. on on you know in a quote, it looks like it. I mean, it's no different than you and I work together, and we have a difference of opinion on certain things. I mean, not to the point yet that you're letting me go, but but you know, but I'm not saying that they let, let him go. go. 
No, I'm just saying. Ooh. But people have different. No, no, I'm just saying people have different opinions on stuff, and yeah. so it was kind of like, yeah, like he respects Kellen, but you know, what didn't get said, and this is what the way I'll take it is, I think everyone thinks or knows that Mike McCarthy's got to keep winning here. Yeah. You can't go backwards at all. He's got to keep winning. Make it break season, if that's what you want to call it, probably. He's got to go to the NFC Championship game. So he probably feels that pressure, and he's like, listen, if this is the way it is, like, I, I've done it for three years with Kellen, but I think I, there's a different way to do it, and I'd like to do it this way. Yeah. And that, and I think Kellen probably saw it too. Yeah. Uh, when you initially said big surprise, I thought you were going to say Dan Quinn because that was <laughs> a huge surprise. We'll get to that one too. We we'll get yeah. to that. But as far as Kellen Moore, no, you know, I think he, he, he has a lot of talent, and I think he did a really, really good job while he was with the Cowboys, to see his transition from being a backup quarterback to then transitioning to becoming the backup, uh, the quarterback's coach, and then quickly becoming the OC, that's pretty impressive. And to see the uh, amount of stats that he was able to put up, despite everything, despite Dak being out, despite all the different challenges, you not having the right amount of talent, a wide receiver. He was able to do a lot of things for you, but I do agree it was probably time, and we talked about it last week, um, definitely time for a different voice. It wasn't just working. It just wasn't working out, and I think he he's going to do good things over there with the Chargers. Uh, so I'm rooting for him, not when we face them, but just in general. I think it's time. I'm curious to see how it's going to work out, though, with Mike McCarthy calling the place now because now you ain't got nobody else to put the blame on. That That's all on you. Um, and we were talking about it before the, the show, Derek, a little bit this morning. To me, it's just like, why didn't you take over a little sooner? You know, when yeah. you see – because we go through every year, and you know how much the team changes – we were almost in the verge of losing Dan Quinn and him going somewhere else. You have to, you're going to lose players. Um, it, it's just the roster continue, like always changes. And to me, last year, we, I mean, we were pretty close. Despite of how the season yeah. went, it, it got pretty close. So in my eyes, I'm just like, okay, if you have trust, even though aside of uh, you have different opinions and philosophy and all that, but you're the head coach, like, I would have liked him to maybe take over a lot sooner if he felt very strongly about some of the decisions or not the decisions that were made. Well, I think, first of all, let's put this in context. I don't think it's just talk when they say this was a mutually agreed to decision. I don't think this was a situation where it was just cowboys are like, hey, Kellen, we really don't want you here next year, so no, mutually yeah. we agree. Like, I think this was a mutual mm-hmm. decision, maybe as much Kellen as it was the Cowboys. I don't know which way it fall. Maybe it was 60-40 one way or the other. But the point is, I think it was a mutual decision. But I, I personally, and you, talk, you and I talked about this before the show, I don't think last year would have been the right year for, for Mike to make that kind of move. You were coming off a 12-5 and season. You were coming off a year we had the top offense in the league. Um, I think if he makes that move then, I think the question I would have had questions because my thought would have been the Cowboys invested in Kellen Moore as a young offensive coordinator with very little experience, really no experience mm-hmm. doing the job. Mm-hmm. At just the moment when this offense seems like it's starting to take off, that doesn't mean it doesn't have its growing pains and it's still not quite 
perfect is starting to show signs as being the top offense in the league that he has he's on the right track. I, that would have been a little weird for me to say, okay, now that we've finally seen some return from this investment, let's just rip it up. That wouldn't have been the right timing. But I'm saying like mid-season. I mean, is that? A I, but I don't. That's the thing. I don't happen? like. Yes, but, I don't. I don't like doing that mid-season yeah. for sure. Unless unless the wheels have fallen off, which at no point this year did I feel like the offense's wheels fell off. Unless the wheels have completely fallen off, I just don't know that I that's think, the move to make. I think he had one game where you would say that it was kind of wobbly because, see. Coop, when, when Dak got hurt, then Cooper comes in. And so it's like, well, what's going on with the offense? I think everyone just thought, well, it's because Dak's not yeah. in it. And then the one game in Detroit, they didn't really play well for a while. Dak comes back, and it's like, okay, what's going on? And then it was the Bears game, mm-hmm. and then it just went crazy. So like, it was almost like if they didn't play well against the Bears, I could see where some, you know, now, now we got a problem because Dak's been back two weeks and it's not getting fixed. But it got fixed, they went to the bye. They had a pretty good offensive showing in in Green Bay, then Minnesota. So it's come. It was almost mm-hmm. like when the injury kind of almost puts pause on everything. Like, okay, we can't evaluate anything because there's an injury. And then Dak came back and had pretty good. So I don't know if if it was the right time to do it. And I don't. I don't think it's a. This is that big a deal. I just think it's like McCarthy's like you know what I I'll, I'll I'll call the plays, but we don't know who the offensive coordinator is yet. There's a lot of names. They've interviewed two guys. There's some. There's you know, Brian Schottenheimer is also a guy that could be in the mix here. Either does it way, really matter. I mean, if he's calling plays, does it really matter who nah, you bring into that position? Not really. It's just the structure of the offense. Yeah. But I get the sense, and I don't know if this is always the case, but it's like everything's going to be a lot more connected. Like everything, you know, like hip bones connected to the knee bone type stuff, where it's mm. like running backs, coach, offensive line, receivers, tight end. I mean, it's all going to be a little bit more of a cohesive group that's at least the plan we'll get to that in a second because i want to talk about some of the players some of the coaches that they that they didn't renew and and maybe what yeah. that means Man, we haven't had a thing. show in a while we that seems like so long ago. honestly like, there, there's so many different things that have happened this week uh before we move on though i do want to ask you guys are you at all concerned about mike mccarthy calling plays and still being able to manage the responsibilities of a head coach because we've seen over the years there have been a number of head coaches really good head coaches who have a particular discipline, offense or defense, that as time goes on, they're they're originally, I mean, they're eventually removed from the responsibility of the offense or the defense so that they can really be focused on managing the game. There have been questions about Mike's decisions in games, fair or not, uh, throughout the last several seasons. So that being said, are you at all concerned about him now being calling the plays in addition to trying to manage the game? You know, I, not really, because I'm I'm going to look at it from more of a positive spin. Maybe it's maybe it's actually easier to call a game uh, when you're manage to manage the game when you're calling it. Because it's one thing to say, all right, you know, I kind of know what we're going to do. We need to get in field goal range here. We're going to try to kick this field goal. So let's call a play here. But but and and you know and and Kellen's thinking, all right, I'm trying to get a first down. I'm trying to do this and this and. You can't communicate everything in 15 seconds. So, you know, maybe it's almost easier to when you I, know what I you're calling this, and want to call. What, yeah. what you're doing here, I know I want to I want to get the ball. I want to kick a field goal here. I want to run the ball to the left side to get right in the middle of the field, you know. Of course, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a good spot for a field goal. I mean, I don't I don't that's kind of a bad example when it comes to they can't make any kicks right now, but yeah. but you know, I just maybe you can call a game even better when you're managing it too. Maybe, I don't know. I I I wouldn't know that. 
Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't know how You've to do You've never been on a sideline calling a game before. No. Yeah. No, in the game that Different. I did, I wasn't managing the game, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Five-year-olds are a little easier, though, right? That was It was kind of a flag football <laughs> game back yeah. in college. It was good. Was T the quarterback? Oh, no, that wasn't that game. That wouldn't have been college. No, that flag football. No, when Romo was playing. No, yeah. I wasn't managing anything there. I was okay. just blocking. So. Yeah. <laughs> T. It was, T. Like, it was like you were blocking like Zeke on the final play or – <laughs> wow! No, just wondering. Wow! Yeah, it's what, that was a cheap shot. I shouldn't have wow. shot. <laughs> what, what's funny is, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, Jaron Curse is tweeting out like, "I got Tom Brady's last interception." You know, it's like, you know, is is Zeke had the ball? Zeke snapped the ball at center. The last, you know, that's a trivia question. What was yeah. the last position Zeke played for the Cowboys? Center. And he doesn't remember it because he got hit really hard. Are you teeing up the next segment as to what you think is going to happen with Zeke? Oh, if that happens. Oh, okay. I don't think he's coming back. I, I don't, well, I'm, save that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll, see, see we'll get to that thinks. a little later. I don't yeah, we'll know. Well, I mean, I'm sure we have to go to break pretty yeah. soon. But my answer is quick. I, I do agree with Nick as far as, like, I don't think it'll be a very difficult transition, and I think he'll be fine because to, he's still gonna—they're still gonna hire an OC to come in here and take over some of the responsibilities, yeah. and so he's still gonna have the help he needs around him. But I do agree, it—it's a lot easier when you don't have to communicate with somebody else that quickly, and you can just make your own decision, and you're the guy to call. Now, what I like the most, quote unquote is we would know specifically who to point. I don't like finger pointing. Okay, I'm saying this. I, I'm not a fan of finger pointing. But yeah. even last year, we were wondering, okay, how much input, how, what's the percentage between the the amount of voice and decision that is taken during a game between Kellen and Mike McCarthy? Mm-hmm. We didn't know really the answer to that. And now we will know for sure who's making these calls and you're going to specifically stand in front of Mike McCarthy after a game and ask him specifically those questions, and he's going to be able to hopefully give you some feedback right then and there rather than, I mean, they still got to look at tape after the game. But it's just, it gives you a clear answer on who's doing what, and we'll see. He's done it in Green Bay. He has the experience. We'll see if, uh, if the offense truly changes because on the defensive side of the ball you got another head coach there on that yeah. side so yeah I think I think all the way around this worked out for everyone this is one of yeah. the situations that worked for everybody because I do think the Cowboys quite frankly I don't think Kellen did a bad job but I think sometimes I remember Bill Parcells talking about how I don't care who you are as a coach at some point whatever your thing is going to run thin and it's going to be time for a new voice and I just think this is a good time for a new voice I also think Kellen landed in a perfect spot mm-hmm. talk about wanting to throw the ball He's got a quarterback that could sling it, and I expect their offense to be that kind of offense next year. They don't have a traditional running game. They have a running back who is a great guy out in space that you can throw the ball to. So you think about it from that standpoint, I think it's going to be a great fit for Kellen. So I think all the way around, everybody comes out better, and let's see how it all turns out. I don't think because Kellen has success there, it necessarily means he would have had success here. Um, Or or vice versa, I think at the end of the day – I think this was just a, the right timing for this move to just do something a little different and see if you can get a little more out of the, out of the offense. All right, we're going to take our first break. We will come back. we got to talk about Dan Quinn and some of the other coaches who will not be back here next year. Some of them kind of, kind of surprising. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. 
Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys, and this segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. Let's talk about Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Uh, he is returning. There was, there was lots of speculation that he would be leaving as a head coach. He interviewed for a number of different head coaching vacancies around the NFL uh, then the news came out that he informed those teams that he did not plan to leave the Cowboys, planned to be here, wanted to finish the work that he'd been doing here. How surprised were you guys that he didn't end up taking a head coaching job and decided to come back here and remain the defensive coordinator? I didn't think it was going to happen again. I thought, you know, they got lucky last time. Probably wasn't going to happen this time. And, and you got to remember, Dan Quinn came out and said that this offseason, he prepared for this. He prepared for his interviews. He prepared for, you know, what he would say in, in the event that he – uh, was playing in a playoff game, but also interviewing at the same time. So it's not like he doesn't want to be a head coach. He does want to be a head coach. He's preparing for it. Uh, he's waiting for the right situation to come along. But as it stands right now, this is still a, a good spot for him um, with with the Cowboys. You know, you're, you're, you're coaching. You know, Mike. I mean, uh, Micah Parsons, and you, you've got you, you've got a great. You know, you've just got a, a, a great setup here. I think he's making um, pretty good money. You know, maybe even head coach money. So he's doing fine there. He's just waiting on, on the right spot. Yeah, I could not believe the news when I saw it. I, I'm like, Jerry freaking Jones. He, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, a lot of it came down to Dan Quinn's decision, obviously. Um, but at the same time, he he has to be happy and he, he with the right people. And Jerry Jones 
to make it happen last year. And like Nick said, salary, we got to remember, is that still applying the whole where his contract or money that he was making previously from um, it, Atlanta? I, I, I don't I don't know, honestly. And if so, it's usually an offset thing. So is what he what he was making. You, you kind of pay the difference. Because um, I remember he was still making money out of from that, yeah. And while he was still working here, so it's just like the salary. Once you add everything up, it was still pretty good. But my thought process when I saw that is that maybe, just maybe, because once again Jerry Jones has come out and he has full support of Mike McCarthy, and he still has, I believe, two years left in his contract. But maybe that's a scenario. This is a scenario where Dan Quinn possibly realizes what could happen in the near future. And this could be a place where he could become potentially a head coach later on. And he sees the opportunity. He also sees the amount of support. I mean, you look at Twitter and things like that. Just the amount of support that his own players Mm -hmm. give him. He's a players is that what you call him players coach Mm -hmm. he's very very tight he's a great guy not just the football knowledge and what he's done as a as a dc but as a person so humble and everything you just love the guy so everyone is happy everybody's happy to have him here i'm freaking excited especially because i'm not sure kind of how they're going to handle free agency and you look at what Dan Quinn has been able to do during free agency with guys that are not like top player, mm-hmm. a lot of money, uh, big splashes, and he's still been able to take veteran guys and make a name out of them again, kind of refresh their career here. So I'm really, really excited to have him back. Yeah, I think this was a great move for Dallas, obviously. Um, and maybe it was a situation, too, where it all kind of worked out where – you know, and I'm not not getting inside Dan's head, but you have to think about all the things that are factors here. He might have looked at all the positions that were available as head coaches, and none of them was a great situation as far as maybe the things that he looks at that he'd want to have in place to take a new job, and he might be thinking next year might have a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so either way, however it goes, whatever was involved in that decision, it worked out for the Cowboys. They get their defensive coordinator back, and hopefully their defense continues to improve because it is, in my opinion, one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah, I mean, you've got... Like, like Amber said, I mean, the guys like J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson, players that he kind of had a good vision for yeah. that, that it was like, all right, let's let's, you know, let me let me put them in this scenario and, and, and let's make them have, you know, great, great seasons. I mean, and then obviously we don't know what it looks like with Micah Parsons here without him. We don't really want to know. We don't really have to know right now. So, I, I you know, but but I also think that was a vision. That was something like, hey, this guy rushes the passer really well. Yeah. Um, we we need it. We need some pass rush help here. So let's see about putting him on the edge. And now he's an edge rusher. I'll tell you one other way that I think this helps the Cowboys quite a bit. You have a lot of players on this defense, and really on this team. They got a lot of guys they got to figure out contracts for that are free agents. Uh, there are some notable defensive players that let's assume for a second Dan Quinn does go somewhere else. Does he then take a lot of some of those players that you mm-hmm. may have wanted to resign because you can't franchise everybody? that you may have wanted to resign, and then they want to go and play for him because that's when they got their best work. And I'm looking at people like Leighton Vander Esch where I'm like, does Leighton say, hey, I I really believe in this guy, so wherever he is, that's where I want to be. If he's in Dallas, maybe I want to stay in Dallas. If he goes somewhere else, maybe I want to go there. That, I think, becomes a bigger thing for Dallas. They don't have one guy that already has relationships with some of these players you're going to try to resign. That might be somewhere else. You, you're right about that, and 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 I'm I'm curious to see how that that plays a, a factor. But this is also, 
you know, this is like the second contract. Players will say it. They've been advised forever. They know the second contract. It's is, your contract. It's your contract. This is it. This is the window that you've got. So if you're Donovan Wilson, if you're Leighton Van Der Esch, and I know second contract for him is a little different because he signed a one-year deal. But if he has a chance to get a big deal, Leighton, Donovan Wilson, and there's some, there's other players. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, Anthony Brown is – He's getting kind of a different boat too, because he's this is be his third contract. Yeah, but I just don't see as much as Donovan Wilson probably would love to to come back and play with Dan Quinn. The money's got to be pretty close. Yeah, but just to be clear, I guess my point was if he goes somewhere else, now he's the person in that building that has influence that can say we should give a big contract yeah. to Donovan Wilson, and maybe that pulls him away from the Cowboys because maybe it's more right. money. Maybe it's the same money, but he believes in Dan Quinn. Right. That's really more the key. And the Cowboys just can't sign everybody. There's yeah. no way they can they can sign everybody. And the way that they do try to sign a lot of people is you've got you've to give Dak a, a restructure. You know? See, and I know we're kind of getting off the beaten path on this, but, like, they haven't paid the Piper yet on Dak. No, they haven't. He 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 counted like five million on the cap last year. The year before that, his base salary was like a million. He's averaging forty a year. So if he's only counting one or two, what do you think? What do you think's coming down the the, the pipe here? So it's going to be tough. Um, but the the way to do it is to probably to extend him out. And you extend him out, you can you can free up a lot. You of can money. free up a lot of money, yeah. but then again, you know he and he's got to want to be you know be able to do that, which I think he would. I don't know yeah. why he wouldn't. Um, so there's that's another thing that's interesting to see kind of where he stands and what his uh, his mm-hmm. thinking is and his agent because look at all it took for them to come out with that deal, and he was the one who wanted a shorter deal rather than a longer yeah. one compared to the Cowboys. So I wonder where. He stands right now because I'm sure, possibly, he would have thought he'd be like at a different level in his career yeah. at this point. Well, we'll go ahead. Um, and, and something that Steven said uh, this week from uh, Mobile, he said that when the season starts next year, there there's going to be 13 and maybe 14 quarterbacks that are making 40 million a year. Mm-hmm. So. You know, we we said this several times on here that yeah, oh, Dak's making forty million a year. It was number two at the time, mm-hmm. and now it's probably going to be a right around thirteen or fourteen. Half the league, yeah. Which is when you when even even the people that hate on Dak's game, if you said where does he rank among top quarterbacks in the league, he's probably in the top half. Mm-hmm. Some people want to say top ten, top fifteen is. Pretty fair. I you're gonna have, say. you're gonna be hard pressed to find somebody that says he's under top fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and he's played some some games this year that didn't look like a top fifteen quarterback. He he's played a few games where he looked like top five. So you add it all out, and that's probably where he is, and that's where he's getting paid. Yeah. But that's that's kind of the way that it goes. I mean, you have to make a decision. You, you know, you have to pay him more than than you then you want to pay these guys sometimes. But that is the market because you yep. don't want to start over every time on a quarterback. Yep, that's exactly so. It. To stay on the same topic, Steven, he made a comment saying he would like to have Dak here. He's going to be your guy. He'd like to have him for the next 10 years. And I think when fans see that on Twitter, you know, there's an initial reaction of like those people that very much dislike Dak and don't think he's mm-hmm. the type of quarterback that's going to take you to a Super Bowl. What exactly does an extension mean? Aside from the amount of money, how long would – this mm. like extension be looking like yeah 
it's you probably uh it's probably like a three three years or so added on on onto it i mean it gets kind of tricky because then there's 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 voidable years. I mean, what, what did he have like a six-year deal that yeah. was voided down? So, so maybe you put those years back on the table. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but basically, what you're doing is you're just pushing money. You're just pushing money mm-hmm. to the outside. You're, you're not taking a pay cut. You're just you're pushing money to the to the end. And and I think you got to be real clear on what Steven said. Hopefully, we would we we would love to have Dak here for hopefully the next ten years. That that doesn't mean ten years of him throwing two interceptions in a playoff game or leading the league in interceptions. Of yeah. course not. It hopefully means that Dak, you know, has some great years, keeps going, it's worth it. Hey, we Dak's our guy. Who's better? Well, nobody. Let's keep it going. Keep it going. They would love for that. When Brady was 30, the Patriots were like, God, I would love for him to be here for the next 10 years. Like, okay. And he was for yeah. 12 years. So, but that's about the only example of that. So yeah. hopefully means that Dak is playing well enough where that is the best decision on the table. And is does that will that probably happen? Probably not. Ten years? I mean, I don't see him being just the likely of any 40. player playing till forty is not. No. That's not the average is not going to say that's going to happen. But I will say this, and I think it needs to be said. I think people forget what we saw this year from Dak from the standpoint of the interceptions. That's an aberration. That has not been Dak's career. That has not been something he's been known for for his career. So for me, I look at it and I say, okay, I'm willing to give benefit of doubt that there were circumstances this year, whatever they might have been, that led to him having such high interception numbers that I'm not willing to make that who he is at this point in his career. I think it was just an aberration. It was a, a, a bad year from the standpoint of turnovers. We, I expect that to be better next year. I also expect that Dallas is going to do some things to help him out. Which, by the way, we've talked about that before. Every team, every quarterback needs help. This is not a league where you got quarterbacks that are just so good they don't need help. Even the quarterback right now that's in the Super Bowl that people inarguably say is the best one in the league, Patrick Mahomes, was there a couple years ago, and they lost the Super Bowl because this offensive line did him no favors. He was pressured more than anybody in the Super Bowl era of the NFL in a Super Bowl game, and they lost, and they lost badly. So everybody, every quarterback needs some help. I think particularly right now what they need is they're going to have to give him some more help on the outside. But I'm, I'm, I just think it's an aberration right now. And I don't think we should extrapolate that to saying that it's more than just this season. Let's see where it goes next year. Mm-hmm. If it's more of a problem next year, now we maybe have something to talk about. But right now it's just not that. Yeah. We'll take our final break. We'll come back. we got to talk a little bit about some of these other coaches uh, that won't be back. And uh, maybe we'll get into a little talk on Ezekiel Elliott as well. We'll do that in the final segment, DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This week! 
Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, next week we will be back to our normal off-season time, Wednesdays at 10 a.m., and uh, we'll have uh, every week we'll have some new things to talk to you guys about. As this week happens, there will always be news around the Dallas Cowboys. So um, let's talk about some of these uh, other coaches who had contracts that were expiring and the Cowboys decided to allow them to expire. I'm going to run off the names for you, and then I'm going to ask you guys which of, of those uh, coaches do you think it was most surprising that Dallas didn't resign. You had assistant head coach Rob Davis, quarterback po- coach Doug Nussmeyer, running back coach Skip Pete, offensive line coach Joe Philbin, uh, second uh, or the backup defensive line coach Leon Lett, uh, linebacker coach George Edwards. Which do you think was most surprising? Philbin to me, was the most surprising. It's a close tie with Skip Pete, but I would say Philbin because of I thought the offensive line did a great job of adjusting all year long. They were a pretty cohesive group when there wasn't a lot of cohesiveness there, so I thought they did a really good job. I was surprised by that um, and come to find out that Philbin was making a lot of money. I mean, his contract was really high, like almost $3 million or something like that. Right for an offensive, wow, that's pretty. It's up there, but for coaches, I mean, you, I mean, there's no salary cap, so you, you pay for good ones. I thought he was a good one. I, I was kind of surprised that they were going a different route there. Well, not to take credit away from the running backs, but for a lot of that to happen, you got to give credit initially to the O line, and I keep remembering all the times that the O line, as soon as there was an injury, it would just nothing would work and that was a huge thing and it, it it was a huge problem for the Cowboys so for me to transition from that to now you see so many different guys at different positions getting hurt and now you're having to shuffle guys around make changes on the spot be prepared for what could happen we saw it in what game was that um when McGovern had to go in oh, at center. Tennessee is when Biotis got hurt. Tennessee. McGovern. So, yeah, yeah, Tennessee. And and then you, you saw all those shuffling, which is not necessarily easy to do. Mm-hmm. So to see that they have been capable of doing something like that and be successful at it or good enough to just keep you going and get you through the game, I thought was a very impressive job and something that I haven't seen another O-line coach do here for the Dallas Cowboys. So that was very, very surprising uh, when I found out that they kind of didn't. There was a lot of them, though. I mean, I mean, it, I think Philbin was the, the biggest one, but Pete, 
you know that was a, that was a surprise. The, the running backs, I think, all had better years than they had the year before, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that includes Zeke. I thought Zeke had well, a better back, year. And the backups too, like yeah, Malik he, Davis. Everybody. I mean, those guys. The, the, it's all about developing young players, and and, and Philbin did it obviously with the O line with Biotish and Steele and and McGovern and and Tarrant, I mean Tyler Smith. Let's not you know he, what he did was amazing last yeah. year. Um, so the, the, those are surprising. Micah Edward, uh, Micah Parsons loves George Edwards, mm-hmm. and to let him go, that was that was kind of a, a odd move. I mean, your right hand man is Rob Davis, and talking about the head coach for Mike McCarthy, and then they, they they let him go. I really think at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact. And Jerry said it on the radio last year. I don't think he loved the fact there's 29 hit 29 coaches on this team. He, 29 coaches is a lot of coaches. Yeah. Typically, you have how many? <laughs> I mean, I would. I don't know. I don't know what it, uh, 20 I mean, probably per position. Maybe a couple like backup type guys. But yeah, it's a lot. To, I mean, to have twenty nine, you know, it, it's just it's a it's a lot, and I, and I think that that's where. And I'm not going to say that. I mean, trimming the fat it sounds bad because it sounds like they they weren't doing anything. But I just think it was just trimming it trimming it down. Do you guys take anything from the fact, or or this this could just be pure coincidence, and it was about the individual situations with each one? But do you guys? Take anything from the fact that your offensive coordinator, your quarterback coach, your running back coach, your offensive line coach, like that's your offense basically, that all those coaches will be different. Do you take a bigger – is there a bigger picture story do you think here or do you think it was just simply with each one of them there was a different reason why they were no longer back? I think that's a good question and I think the answer is both. I think there's probably a different different thing for all of them, but it's probably – it all is going to funnel up to Mike here. And I think Mike's like, listen, you know, if I'm going down here with the ship, I mean, I, I, this is it. He's got he's to go to the NFC Championship game. I think if he doesn't do that, I don't think he's going to get that contract extension that he's looking for. And so he feels that. And it's like, I'm going to, okay, uh, some of these guys were handpicked for me. Some of them I did bring in. But we're going we're gonna to make some changes here. You know, and I don't know what I don't. We look at Philbin, we look at Pete, we look at these guys and go, man, these are good coaches. But behind closed doors, we don't know exactly how they meshed with with the coach and how they fit in, and and just what the overall philosophy is. There's there's a thought process about running backs coach that that you and I could could coach running backs. That's the kind of the thought. There. You're talking about just generally. There's a just thought. generally, yeah, and, and look at look at how much they make. They're the, I think they're the lowest paid position across the board in the NFL. It's just and look at the franchise tag for running backs. I mean, it's ten point one. That's the well, lowest one. And that's what I was going to say about uh, Skip. And nothing against him. I absolutely love the guy and love what he's done and as a person. But it's that mentality that Nick just mentioned, not just with let's say coaching, but even the player themselves like it's this thought that you can easily quickly this. replace a running back with somebody younger somebody fresher draft a guy come in plug in him and play and it's one of quote-unquote easiest positions where you can just keep you know their lifespan in the nfl is not as long mm-hmm. as the rest of the the other positions but quick question and this might be dumb or not. I don't know. I never really given thought to it. But where does the money come from? 
as far as like paying paying coaches' salary. Jerry's pocket, Probably the owner's pocket. Yeah, they, like it's nothing. No, no yeah. type of. It's, it's no different. It's anything. no different. Honestly, it's no different than what he pays any of us. Like it's completely between a, a, a us little and different. A little different. Uh, <laughs> you very not no. for you, obviously, but for us, Amber. It's for not, me. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. But seriously, I like, just, it's I see how much money the NFL is making oh, every year. Don't um, even. <laughs> um, no, but it's it's about that's a former player of the Cowboys we're seeing on TV. But no, it's it's about um it it's about nothing more than whatever the owner and GM works out with those coaches. It, it's okay. not the league does not necessarily say there's this cap that you can't go over. And so then it just becomes a function of your business. In your business, how much do you want to pay that, for these particular in roles? In that instance, okay, that makes it very interesting to me because one thing we do know is if Jerry wants something, he's going to get it. Yeah. If he wants to have if he loves this he, this guy, he's going to make it work. So it's really interesting to see because I feel like in our eyes, these guys did a really good job as coaches. Um, but who knows what happens behind the door? We're, we're not in those meetings. We're not there. Yeah. But the end result of what at least they've shown the public eye has been pretty good. So it is, it is interesting to see what's uh, happening uh, just on the offense overall, what you're saying, all these yeah. changes. I mean, part of it, and obviously none of us knows, but it could be a situation where literally it's just like, you know, you like what you have, but at the end of the day, these 29 coaches haven't delivered a different result than, say, 20, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, okay, we tried it the way of doing 29 coaches. That ain't really showing us different results. Maybe we ought to change up our process. I mean, we all know what the definition of insanity is, right? Mm-hmm. Do the same thing over and yes. over, expecting different results. So I, I do think that I do think that there is a possibility. Again, we're this is all speculation, but there's a possibility at some point that just from a business standpoint, you start saying, We've had a lot of extra bodies, and we haven't really seen a difference in those extra bodies providing more in the in out, outcome. And so maybe we should trim that a little bit, and maybe we should be a little more thoughtful about who that one person is instead of the two people you'll have at that position. Mm-hmm. Or the three guys you have here, can you do that with one or two that are that are maybe more qualified or better at handling as one or two, right? It, who knows? But I just think from, from a business standpoint, that's how I would be thinking about it. If I was running a group and I'm trying to think about where I'm going to spend my dollars, I've been really, really fat and I haven't seen a difference. At some point you say, is this worth it? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think there may not be a salary cap. There's not a salary cap for coaches. There's probably something in Jerry's mind of what the coaches should get and how much we're paying. And if he's paying a defensive well, coordinator, you look out of a budget type huh? of stuff. You have a budget. You have a budget, as does every business, and right? So, yeah. so his defensive coordinator is probably making a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Than, so he's looking <laughs> yeah. at it like, all right, do he's we, gonna kind of call it a little trim it down some more? Let's trim it more about this budget. Yeah, yeah exactly. assistant head coach. Like, nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I honestly, I'd never. The role that 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 Rob Davis played for this team, I had never even heard of until he got here. Um, the coaches that had been here previously that I'd never really heard of them having that kind of role. Now maybe they had somebody on their staff that did those kinds of things, yeah. but I'd never really heard of someone who was dedicated to that. They really didn't have a position group. They were the assistant head coach, but it was more of the way it was described to me by someone was he was like your culture coach. Yeah. He was more about creating the right culture for your team, which. In most instances, you would suspect that the head coach creates the culture, and he's the one that's engaging with guys on a personal level and making sure that they feel the right way about the culture you know, of the team. It's just it was a different way of doing it. Maybe they decided at some point it just wasn't you know creating how a lot of extra value. In college, you always hear about these coaches 
they know everything. Yeah. You know, like even though they may be an older guy, yeah. but they're like, you don't think I hear things? Like, yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah. And it's because there are people that report to them that are on the – they're not in the weight room. Yep. I mean, like the head coach isn't, but these other coaches are. They're mm-hmm. down at the meeting rooms. They they, they, they kind of know what's going on. They're talking hey, to guys every day, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so-and-so is dealing with this at home or you're about yeah. to have a baby or whatever. You know, like there's just people that kind of know what's going on, and he was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a lot more things probably that, that he did. Sure. Um, but – you know that, that was a tough one, I think, for McCarthy. But you know that that let me know that Jerry is probably making some of these moves here too. And don't get me wrong, I a lot of these guys on this list, in my opinion, have been some of the when you just talk about good guys, some of the best coaches that I've seen come yeah. through this building in the years I've been here. I I actually I've enjoyed spending time with Skip Pete. He was yeah. he's a good man and always gave good perspective. Was willing to talk to us about things yeah. that you know and give us perspective that we may not have had otherwise. So. And I, I really appreciate Man, guys like I'm gonna that. I'm going to miss that at training camp. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you could just deal with the cigar smoke for a few hours, you <laughs> just deal with, you know, he's sitting there just t- t- telling stories yeah. and just talking about, you know, he had a plan all year. He had a he plan. He was like, Zeke's going to get the ball less. He's going to be better. Pollard is going to get the ball only a little bit more, but he is going to be better. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get this third guy, which he thought was Rico Daddle. It turned out to be Malik Davis, but, you know, but he had a plan all along, and it worked perfectly. Yep. It really did work perfectly when you think about a guy that didn't start that's in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, which is one of the reasons I asked that question about the bigger picture is because you look at him, you look at Philbin, you look at George Edwards, and you start thinking, man, in each of those cases, there are probably guys you could throw out there that played at a higher level than you thought was they were capable of this year, which you would give at least some deference to the coach yet they didn't have their contracts renewed. And so it's just, I think there are lots of things that factor into those kinds of decisions. And for whatever reason, the Cowboys decide to move on and the coaches are going to move on. So, all right, we'll be back next week. We'll uh, we'll get into that that running back conversation next week because they're not going anywhere between now and then. We'll talk about Zeke and Pollard, maybe even talk a little bit about Dak. Do that next week. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?